Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Memory Lane. I'm Jen Brister. And I'm Kerry Godleyman. Each week we'll be taking a trip down Memory Lane with our very special guest as they bring in four photos from their lives to talk about. To check out the photos we'll be having a natter with them about, they're on the episode image and you can also see them a little bit more clearly on our Instagram page. So have a little look at Memory Lane Podcast. Come on, we can all be nosy together. See, wow. every see, time, every single time, you made an assumption that that was being recorded, and it wasn't. I know. So, that's, hence so that's your. Why, that's have, why we have we started? Have we started? Have we started? Have we started? You should start your stand-up. <laughs> have we started? Yeah, you're standing on stage with a microphone. Have we started? Have we started? <laughs> Listen, when I asked, have we started? In that last record, which wasn't this record, but a previous record. Joel said, no, we haven't started. Fine. And you had thought we started. I just... And then had you thought that we'd started, we wouldn't have... We hadn't started. And then you'd have got into something and it was like, we haven't even started. Well, I think I'm coming at it from the... Just record everything, even the gossip, even the naughty shit. You know, and then just cut that. it out. You can't do that. I mean, post the COVID inquiry, you can do what the fuck you like. <laughs> <laughs> We're not calling anyone a fuck pig, are we? I mean, like, I don't know... <laughs> If anyone got into our WhatsApp. Yeah. No, no our WhatsApp so went very rogue yesterday. I was amazed at your tolerance, Joel, because I Why? started sending you right move links. <laughs> well, that's classic you, isn't it? I was like, yeah. either holidays, like, send me, send me information about where you went on holiday last year. Where was that place you went on holiday? Send me the link. Or, I've just been on right move. <laughs> And a little wank on right, What do you think about this flat? <laughs> then you really stuck a pin in it. Why? Because like, you were like, well, there's got to be a catch or something. Like, you and my no. brother, my brother, I rang my brother quite excited, sent him the same link. I was like, look at this flat. Look at this flat. In Brighton, it's so cheap. He, <laughs> and then he rang me back and went, what's going on with you? <laughs> <laughs> he went, what is going on? He said, this is, I don't understand what's happening. And you know when you get excited about a thing, that arguably is never going to happen, sure. But you're having a good time. And then your friend just comes along and goes, no, there's got to be a catch. You're delusional. No, What's going well, on? I didn't say there's going to be a catch. You I said, said something about a wind, like the wind blowing the roof off? No, I said, be careful about buying a flat in a block. Because the roof will blow off. No, that was what you said. I didn't say the roof will blow off. I said, what you'll often find, because you will then be in charge of like the... the... It's not like when you have a flat, flat and the council is the freeholder and then if the roof blows off. Not saying the roof will blow off. No, I understand that, a leaky thousands roof. of people live in blocks, Jen. Yeah, you're saying that... And they get bills. They get really big bills. Oh, the lift's gone. Oh, that's 40 grand. Uh, there you go. 
So it doesn't seem so cheap now, does it? What was that oh. noise? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the leaky roof. How much is that? That's 65 grand uh, times by 300 people. You've blundered into some maths there, haven't you? Yeah, it's problematic when I don't have to do any kind of arithmetic. My point, it still stands. I know. I've got friends that they've been in situations where they've bought a flat in a block, boom, all of a sudden, oh, the 40 grand bill. Me and Ben used to live in a block. We used to live in a block and they, you all chip in. That's part of living in a block. That is part of it. But it's, ne- it's never like, oh, it's going to be 600 quid. It's well, like, life's not oh, free, babe. Life's not free. 25. Someone's got to pay for the roof. It was really cheap. It had an amazing I'm sea view. Saying it might be a false economy. And I was really excited. I'm just and I didn't think about the bigger picture. You yeah, no, fair enough. To. But you didn't read the room. And I was in a really good mood. <laughs> no, but did, did you see what I put at the end? I went, you went, but you went, it's really you cheap. did a turd and then a turd and then a turd and then went, don't listen to me, though. No, don't listen to me. It, it is really cheap. Yeah. No, what about that at the end? What, is that you being upbeat? Is yeah. It? Right. Just at the end, I went, but it is really cheap. Yeah, yeah. I did feel like I had put a pin yeah, in you your... really shut on all of it. Yeah. Oh, I, at the afterwards, I thought maybe I could put like winky face, smiley face, thumbs up. Oh yeah, but I don't buy those emojis from you. <laughs> <laughs> I just think you're being ironic. Top hat, ocean clown face. <laughs> um, but well done, Joel, because you didn't speak. I think Jolini just he skims through that crap and then just gets to the point. Where, is, has anyone asked me a question about anything? Now I don't need. This to is read not this. related to the podcast. No. Arguably, I could have just sent it to you directly, but we were already talking about other stuff. And then I was like, "Listen, Jen, it was the equivalent of this. Jen, 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 <laughs> Jen, Jen, look at this flat. <laughs> yeah, but if you thought about the roof, that'd be sixty grand. What's that group? What falls on me? They're just mad. Can you imagine someone reading them out as a piece of theatre, which actually the COVID inquiry sort of is becoming. But they're just mad. I know. What's your favourite WhatsApp group? Is it ours? Please say it's ours. You've got got a thing about gangs. Oh, completely. You've got a thing about gangs. But what, that the whole world's in a gang and I'm not in the gang? You think that I'm in a gang, I'm not in a gang. Hmm. You're always like, oh yeah, you're in a gang, you're in this gang with these people. I'm like, what are you talking about? You just saw me in a bar in Edinburgh with them having a beer once and now I'm in a gang. You think, oh, well, no one ever wanted me to be in a gang. Do you think it's like something I should take up with a therapist? Yeah. (laughs) Stop talking to me about not being in a gang. None of us are in a gang. We're middle-aged women. What sort of gang do you think we're in? (laughs) The hot flush gang. The Mardi Mardi bitches gang. The read the room gang. I know. I don't know what it is. I was never. I, I sort of. I, I was I a bit like of a social butterfly. Over. I feel like this is a carryover from school. Or yeah, something. I was a bit of a social, but I was in sort of different groups. Same. I'm not in a gang. I don't want to be in a gang. No, I don't think I want to be in a gang. You don't. No. And every time you get asked to be out to go out with someone, if I said to you, "Oh, Kerry, you want to come out with me?" and blah 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 blah, blah you'd be like, "Oh no, I don't fancy that." No, true. It's true. There's that feeling, again, like of being hunted when you're in a gang, where you're like, how do I get out of that? <laughs> how do I get out of the gang? <laughs> Sometimes if it's just three people, you're like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's a funny thing, isn't it? It's often like many things, like parties, let's say, where the idea is better you, than the reality. Do you go to parties? No, but I'm hosting one, aren't I, in a couple of weeks. <gasps> I'm very excited about it. I thought you were just about to say you're not coming and I was going to be really... <laughs> Do you know what? Do you know what? <laughs> I was going to really kick off and that would have been podcast gold. Uh, you I, have had that I date almost, in your diary for a long time. There was a little bit of me that went, shall I pretend? And then I thought, don't do you that You made because... the right decision. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that, that, that 
whatever I saw in your eyes, I hope never to see that again. <laughs> because that actually genuinely scared yeah. me. I am coming to your birthday. I'm coming to your birthday party. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know who's more relieved, you or me. There's just going to be loads of people really scared. This is the horrible thing, isn't it? Because you go, I want to have a party because I want it to be fun. And then you have this awful realisation that, that you're not people fun. are burdened by the obligation. <laughs> no one's burdened. Like, oh, I'm going to a party on Saturday. I hope I get flu. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I do think that about everything. But I, I'm genuinely looking forward to it. Oh, fact, so I... you just want it to be relaxing. You don't want it to be stressy. You just want it to be relaxing. It will be relaxing. Because there'll be booze. There'll be booze, there'll be drinking? food. Yeah, I'm going to drink. Oh, okay, I mean, I'm not going to get annihilated, but I can't not drink. Because then I'll be worrying about not drinking. You might as well have a drink. <laughs> Said the woman at the AA meeting. Oh, my God. <laughs> what I love about... What, what I love about Kerry Gollum is how laid back she is. She's so laid back. One day I will be laid back and I'll surprise you. Yeah. I'll be laid back. Well, then I'll know you've got like a drug problem or something. When I'm staying in Kerry's my Brighton flat, my south-facing sea view... Brighton flat that you won't be allowed to visit because you tried to stop me from buying it. <laughs> well, and you'll also... tap on the window and go, "Can I come in?" And I'll go, "No." What am I doing? Seven floors up, tapping on a window. <laughs> you... What have I done? <laughs> you such a sales. <laughs> I've been on the. I've been checking the roof out, Kerry. Actually, I just, yeah. just sort of let you know. I'll let you know that uh, you're not <laughs> covered. You've got a leak up there, and you're not covered. That'd be sixty grand. <laughs> uh, who are we talking to today? Oh, today we're talking to the wonderful. The talented. But she was brilliant, wasn't she? The podcast. We'll have to do a different intro because I don't know what the fuck those, that was. Let's start again. Just improvise. <laughs> so what's the point of these cans? I can't hear myself. I often, when I wear them, I find myself getting too lost in the quality of my own voice. <laughs> Have you noticed recently that you send voice notes and you can hear people getting lost in their own personality? I know. They're sending, they're sending <laughs> so you a little true. podcast. Hi, Carrie, can't make it Thursday. Anyway, and like, shut up. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And also I resent, if anything's over a minute and a half, I'm like, I'm not going to listen to that. No. Oh, I do love those. Do you love the three to when five minutes? My favourite three to five minute is when someone's like, has just had a row with someone. Oh, right. And then they come at you and go, and they guess. Yeah, I love that. That's like my favourite thing. I save that up. It's so good. But yeah, it's weird that the listening back to yourself. Do you guys listen back to your voice? Yes, no. yeah, of course. Yes, of course yeah. I do because yeah, I'm a narcissist. Every single time. And my friend Gav sent me one but the other why? day. Just just to get lost in the quality yeah. of your own personality. Yeah, yeah I'm like, I'm gonna have to start get a script out of this. Yeah. I think I might get a routine. I've, start, my, I've starred ones before. Where I'm like, I'll go back to that thought. Oh, <laughs> brilliant. Brilliant. Oh, wow. I don't even listen to my own podcasts. I won't be listening to this. <laughs> no, Let, I, I don't listen to my note. long form work, but I like my voice notes. So who was it? I think it was Ellie Taylor. Was, she put a post up on Instagram about how she was just... I can't even remember what it was, but she was posting about something else. But the preamble was, just been enjoying... Li- this is the face of a woman who's just really enjoyed listening to her own voice notes that she'd sent. <laughs> it was like this, you know. I was like, oh, it's People are doing that. Yeah, okay. yeah it really thing. is a thing. thing. Right. Yeah, my friend Gav sent me one the other day, and it was it was a funny one. It was a good it was a good quality voice note. And then a minute later, he sent another one saying, "I tested myself for one minute to see if I wouldn't listen back to that, and I did." <laughs> <laughs> he lasted one whole minute. Can I just say I really miss the high low? Would that ever come back? 
no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to do something else with Pandora, but I'd never want to talk about the fact that I was allowed to talk about the news every week. I loved it. My mind. Uh, I, I don't miss talking about it. But you didn't talk news. about it in a sort of like forensic way. You're like, this is a bit fucked up. Mm. Don't, don't, what do we think about this? Or mm. have we noticed that this is happening? The feedback loop of it was just so relentless. Understandably, if two people are weighing in with their like gut reactions on what's going on in current affairs, and I just couldn't, it was just too much. I think you have to sort of disengage. Do you have that. to ring, yeah. if you're writing a book, do you have to go, I'm writing a book. I haven't got, I can't be doing all the things. Yeah, totally. This is my first incredibly earnest hippie thing that I'm going to say today, probably not the last. Um, <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I'm here El- for it. <laughs> Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. Yes, yeah. I love her. She said this thing about, um, she interviewed the expert in sacred objects and sanctified objects. Mm-hmm. And she said to him, how do you make something sacred? And he said, you'd draw a ring around it and you say everything inside here is sacred. Is that- That's that- great. I'm going to yeah. do that. But that's how I feel. Like I think it's a great metaphor for life of how you keep yourself safe. You basically are the one who decides. You say you. It's boundaries, isn't it's it? It's boundaries, mm. exactly. I am so crap Me with too. Boundaries. creating boundaries oh, for myself. Oh, it's a big one. But you well, might sanctify yourself, Jen. My favorite has to sanctify in me. Wine country. Obviously, wine country. No. This is, when they find Brené Brown in a restaurant. They all go, Brené Brown's in this restaurant. And they all mob her and say, what's the secret? What's the answer? She's like, boundaries. She's <laughs> 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 like, back off. back off. I'm out with my friend having a glass of wine. Yeah. Well, how did you come up with the idea to create a world, like, a book about a stand-up comedian? Well, I wanted the main character to have a job that, that keyed into his sort of worst, best and worst attributes. One of which was like, a bit of a childlike quality that means like a job where he wouldn't have to grow up. Yeah. Um, and you know, a people pleaser, someone who wanted to entertain, someone who um had these kind of insecurities he couldn't shake off, someone who was a storyteller, someone quite nostalgic. And initially I wanted it to be I thought he could be an actor, but at the time I was in a relationship with an actor and I just it all felt too close to home. And comedy is just like a really fun world. You can populate it with these people that come in and out for one night. Yeah. yeah, And I've always been just obsessed with comedians. Like I used to, I had like vague hopes of being a comedian when I was about 20. Thank God they disappeared. <laughs> but I did like two horrendous gigs. Really? Oh, we all started horrendous. with two horrendous gigs. Yeah, but thank God I then never went back. <laughs> well, you I'm only glad because it made you it. become a writer and that's good for me because <laughs> I so enjoyed it. I just thought, it, I, I loved that it captured the world so authentically. Uh, and especially that, that means chapter. so much to me but so that chapter of life that. as well when you're um, I've talked about this before on a podcast one of my favourite films is Francis Ha oh I love and that and it's exactly it resonated in that same that you haven't grown up but your best friends have yeah. and they've all got proper jobs and they've started a family and you're a bit like oh I missed a meeting yeah what yeah, are you yeah. all doing you've bought a house and where what I'm still crashing on mates floors and I'm still lodging with I love Morris and oh, you yes. know just all the, that itin- slightly itinerant life but yeah it's sort of there's a kind of um, grandiosity to I've chosen I'm going to live in the annex and I'm going to live yes. like an artist and everyone's like okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> well you're being a dick and also, like, what if there is any sort of message from the book, which I don't think there is, but both characters end up choosing an unconventional life yeah. and actually in their own way. And actually, like, that's still a very brave thing to do. 
substitute, you know, I think most people still are so traditional, whether yeah. that's in their careers or with their family life or their romantic life. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's the thing that I got from the book, if I was going to say that, you know, we were talking, you were talking about empathy earlier, but what mm. I feel like this book really is steeped in is empathy. Is like your, definitely, yeah. you know, uh, just that your understanding and your compassion to your characters, even though they're all flawed, you know, and also... There are so many um, aspects of particularly the comic, which are, you know, in terms of personality, which were an uncomfortable read because you're like, <laughs> I, I love it. I because just love you're reading it. it going, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> it was yeah, very that's funny. true. I reread the beginning on the way here and it just made me laugh out loud. It's just oh, hilarious. That's, uh, Jen, I really love Jen. She did remind me of me a little bit. Yeah, I really like Jen as well. By the end, I was like, make her a lesbian. <laughs> that I just thought she wanted. I was like, Come on. Yeah. Actually, everyone's fluid, Jen. <laughs> Hop on board. If every book that I've written, one of the top Goodreads reviews is always, I think that it would be better if she was a lesbian. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. This episode is brought to you by the Inspire Collection by Kalia. Just because you're working out doesn't mean you shouldn't look fabulous. The Inspire Collection by Kalia was designed with both style and performance in mind. It looks good, feels good, and stays put no matter how you move. And the collection has everything you need for a day at the gym. A support bra, crop tanks, bike shorts, amazing leggings, and more. It's their most versatile collection yet. Shop the Inspire Collection by Kalia now, exclusively at Dick's Sporting Goods. So your first picture, is that you with your mom? Yeah, that's me with you my mom. You really look like your mom. Oh, do you think? I do. And I don't oh, know if yes, anyone do. I don't know if anyone says that to you a lot, but you really look like your mum. Yes. Um and You look shocked. So my mum used to um take me to little photo booths between the ages of when I was first born until I was like seven and we would go and get these little pictures done together. And um <laughs> I love so it. cute. I know. And do you know what? I just love that. I love all those images now because it reminds me of a time where I was just so fucking obsessed with my mum when I was little I just really remember it so well I thought she was a celebrity I thought she was Princess Diana I think oh wow. that's gorgeous did, she did, was... you, did she did you spend a lot of time with her from little like she you didn't go no, to her well she was working full time right she was like the breadwinner and work went from when I was tiny but she just did this amazing thing where she sort of tricked me into thinking that she was there all the time yeah yeah, which yeah. is what I now say trick. to my my friends who are pair, mothers in particular who feel so guilty about not being there mm. I'm like I think there are ways like kids are thick and I think there are ways you <laughs> can trick thick. them into you thinking them into thinking that you're there all or the time or that when you are there it 
you make it count. That's it. Yeah, and that's yeah. what your mum did. Yeah, she really did, yeah. Oh, your mum's your beautiful as well. She I'm is. so glad you think I look like her because my mum is so hot and I think I look much more like my dad who's attra- very attractive but more gym brawl bent sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you you're up? very hot as well, my lovely. <laughs> there, you. you don't have any <laughs> anything to worry about there at all. Where was your childhood? Um, Stanmore. Oh, Stanmore. northwest. Yeah, you're west. Jubilee line. Hang on, I'm northwest, and I don't know where Stanmore is. That Wembley way. Yeah, yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm Greenford, Ealing, sort of oh, way. Oh, nice. Yeah, so we're not that far apart. No, not it's far. Suburbs of northwest. <laughs> I like the way you went. Oh, oh nice. nice. I love no, it. Nice. That's awful. <laughs> do you know what? Are you, do you still live there now? No, no. Long, long left. My mum and dad do. But aren't you so glad? I do think it's like, I'm so glad I grew up in like a bit of a rubbish suburb. Yes, me too. I just think there's nothing better for a kid than to be not cool and bored when they're a teenager. If I hadn't grown up in Stanmore, because my, initially my parents were living in a little flat in much more central London, then they moved us out to buttfuck nowhere suburbs. If I'd stayed in that London flat, I think I would be, a, be a different to- person. I don't even know if I'd be a writer, honestly. Really? Really? Why do you yeah. think that? Because I think that I was so... All I did when I lived in Stanmore, it was like you could see, if you get to the highest point of Harrow, you can see London from the from yeah. the Harrow Hill. So it was like I was living in this sort of margin of the city and all I did was just look into the city being like, I've got to get there. And I've got, I totally relate this that. imagination and this ambition. And the tube is your access. I yeah. remember that very clearly. Like getting on, because I lived on the central line, right at the far flung end of it. Yeah. And just like that was a pipeline to yeah. life. To life, exactly. Absolutely. And, and just, I was just so bored. All we did was like, I didn't ever hang out with any boys. All I did was go on my little micro scooter, listen to like Avril Lavigne albums and Frank Sinatra albums. <laughs> watch weird old musicals with my mum did you go into London when you were a teenager because I used to go in I used yeah, to go into then, like yeah. Covent Garden or Canton Covent Market. Garden Covent Garden was the epitome of glamour when yes. I was growing well, up mine was Camden I remember once going with my friend Lee and we were going to go to Camden and I borrowed my mum's leopard skin coat because I was like I'm going to Camden. Yeah. And there's punks. By the way, you're already the coolest person I know. (laughs) Did you go to Camden to buy your 501s? Or High Street, Kent Market? Yes. And all Flip. Flip? Yeah. You're too young for Flip. What was Flip? Flip was a massive shop in Covent Garden, I think, that sold specifically 501s 501s and baseball jackets. And I think it might have been Covent Garden. Otherwise, why was I going to Covent Garden to get a jacket potato? That's all I remember from about going to Covent Garden. Spudgy like it. Spudgy like Chili con carne with cheese. Thank you very much. So let's look at your next picture. Is this with your friends? Uh, which, which one was the that? next one? Is if we do? Oh yeah. So the next one is um, outside my first London house share, and that was the day we moved out. So I'd lived there for five years. It was a house in Camden. Camden? Yeah. You got there. I got there. <laughs> and that was, um, we moved there when we were like 24. Unfortunately, the girls I was living with, they all kept falling in love and moving out with their boy, to live with their boyfriends. So I was like the one remaining sugar babe and we kept bringing more friends in. This, and then, this, this resonates with me. I've had flat um, shares like that where people grow up and move on and I'm like, oh, I'm still I'm here. I'm the last one, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I, I well no, actually I was always moving out, but not because of a boyfriend or girlfriend, well obviously not a boyfriend, but not for a girlfriend, just because yeah. I'd be like, 
you people are annoying. So tell us about your house share. Did it was it a party house? It was a party house. It was where we sort of all became adults. It was all my best mates from uni. We all kind of rotated in it. Can I just ask a quick question? Yeah. Just from is the, that from Ger- is it Jeremy Corbyn's house? It does look like Jeremy Corbyn's house, doesn't it? <laughs> it does That's what like we always Jeremy. thought. It's not growing edible, so it can't yeah. be. Um, it looks a little bit like the house in your TV show. Yeah. Everything I know yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. So it was uh, totally love. based on that. So I. Um, sent all the pictures of inside that house right. to the um to the art department and they recreated um, it and they recreated it Brilliant. yeah that must have been and so actually weird. i was really i was really keen because i wanted like a modern ex-council building because that's the reality of what you're renting when you yeah. move yeah. to london you're rather not than like these, these beautiful victorian, victorian houses yeah which we've already seen back in like space or yeah, whatever you know space, yeah so um but i was making it with working types who obviously make the most beautiful London rom coms yes. of all time, and Eric Fellner, who was my exec, he was amazing. Like trying to get him to sign off on he, like he didn't want to. He did it, but then I was just like, we can make it its own thing, and we can make it cosy and cool and you inside. know what you and want I it know to be. that that's the interiority. And then Land, I remember I was doing a pilot for ITV, and I said, I think my character's scruffy, and the wardrobe woman went, No, she's not. Yeah. This is ITV One. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Yeah, but. and also we worked out what the working title version. Like what the glossy version yes. of a seventies, you know, council house would be, yeah. and it's like with fairy lights or with coloured cushions or with you know, yeah, and high the, ceilings and the yeah, posters yeah. and everything. Yeah. I, I just to talk very briefly about um, that show, which I also I think I texted you, yeah, you to did. say that I really loved it because I absolutely did. Thank you. Is I think there's something that was captured in in the series and in your book is. Female friendship, yeah. yeah, and that kind of there's almost like when you're young and you know in your twenties and you're single, or you're seeing lots of people, or you're taking drugs or whatever it is that you're doing. There's a sort of mania, there. yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. a sort that you know where where before you go out, I think often the before going out is it's more, more fun, fun than the, than the out. going out, of course, yeah. always. Is, and that connection that you have with your friends mm. is is so unique with female friendship, I think. Yeah. And I love how you captured that, I think, just spot on. Yeah. Because oh, it, I felt, when I was watching it, I, I, there was a little bit of me that was like, I really don't, I miss that and I'll never have that again. Oh, I love living that in a girl's feeling of share. freedom. So much You're fun. single. The night is, the, you don't know what the night is going to offer. Yeah. Fuck all, by the way. Fuck it's all. Always <laughs> fuck it's all. always fuck all. You're right. It is more fun. We used to have like these disco kitchen. Uh, yeah. Kitchen Before you yeah. go out. Before you go out. Sometimes maybe like, let's not go out. Because oh, it's not going to be better lot, than yeah. this. You know, and it was the promise of the imagined oh, night. Oh, yeah. yeah. who are you going to meet? Yeah. And then by the time it's three o'clock, you're queuing outside a club, you're like, I don't even want to go in this club. Yeah. The kitchen disco. Yeah. Kitchen disco. Do you know what I you think you're gonna when pull... I was making it, I would be we would shoot these scenes with them like getting ready or being hung over all tangled up in each other watching a crap film or um, you know, like out in bars and I would we were I was uh, there when we were shooting every day and I would often go back to my flat and like get drunk and smoke 10 fags yeah. and be hung over <laughs> on set at 7am the next day because I'd been up writing and they were like you know it's pretend <laughs> <laughs> like the actors the the like you know we're drinking it's a soft drink that we're drinking <laughs> but I get so yeah, caught up in the I'm like Daniel Day-Lewis I just yeah. need to really feel it but it was it was really infectious I, but I really really felt by the end of shooting that series I felt like I was really missing it even though I knew the reality and these I'm were all saying. uni mates that you lived with yeah and are these uh, the same women in the picture on the picnic yeah yeah it's the same gang same gang because you've got a core 
gang. Yeah. Because I stalk you on various different social yeah, yeah. medias. And you've got a core gang of mates and you seem to like hang out and do loads of stuff together and some of them yeah. have children and some of them don't. I tell you what, don't. babies have fucked it though. Yeah, I know. Oh, I can babies. see that. They, can they see that. absolutely Damn. fuck it. I know there's a couple of photos where someone's holding a baby and I was like, oh, that's <sighs> a shit weekend. Away. <laughs> <laughs> shit. They that fuck it. There was it. this cover of the, of the New York of New York magazine a couple of weeks ago that I didn't even read it in the end and apparently there was nothing in it that I didn't already know but it was a picture, picture of a giant baby and the cover said, is this what's ruining your friendship? <laughs> Hell. And I was like, it's just so real for me right now. I didn't see my friends yeah, for of course. at least, I think, the first two, maybe three. I don't think yeah. I slept for three years. So I was no, like, it I, does was a half, I was living a half-life anyway. I remember someone saying to me when I was pregnant that a baby is like a hand grenade in a marriage. But actually... Oh, I think it's, it's the friendships. It's the friendships yeah. that are the fallout. Are people not, get not cross with you. Like, I haven't heard from you. I'm like, I haven't slept for yeah a year. Yeah, so. no, they if, if they're not on the same page, it's... Um, I was talking about this earlier because I remember saying to one of my girlfriends when I got pregnant and I was 33 and I remember her reaction being like, are you going to keep it? (laughs) I was like, fucking hell. That really sums up. We were on very different pages. You know what? That would have been the kind of thing I would have said. I'm like, because we're still really young. You told your mum. I'm like that. I felt like that at 36. I was like, what What are you doing? Why are you? Yeah. Yeah. I still do that now. I still say to people, Someone will like <laughs> my best friend to talk about whether she'll have a second. Okay, I don't know. You're very young to be doing, it. and it is like thirty six. <laughs> and also, I think like as if me saying that at dinner is going to make her go, "Yeah, I'm not going to." Yeah. Why do I do that? I talked to my therapist about that last week <laughs> about how I still have this like all girls school thing a bit about like when I feel people getting a bit ahead of me that I care about and me feeling a bit left out, I'll say stuff sometimes. Uh, Try to keep keep them with me. Yeah, yeah. A bit of sabotage. Yeah, Yeah, and I know that I'm doing it and then I'll often text them afterwards being like, by the way, (laughs) you should definitely definitely have a second chance. (laughs) (laughs) No, listen to me. Did you go to a girls' school? Yeah. Did you go to a girls' school? I did, yeah. Yeah. Do you think it does change or shape your sort of personality? One hundred percent. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't I know if I would have been curious. I would have been neck leaping cock otherwise. Um, I don't. A lot of people are like, "Oh, wow, you must have been miserable at an all-girls school." I actually wasn't, and I don't think I would have coped very well in a mixed school. And that's mm. just a personal thing. And I know everyone is very anti same sex schools and I'm sure there's there's loads of reasons why they're they're awful. But for me, I don't think I'd have coped well with black. So it because, was right for you. Well because even like there was a boys school near me and I used to get bullied by them already. And yeah. I could just imagine being at school because I was already a gobby sort of like hairy legged, right. uni browed you know, but and you people had the measure change? of me when I was like 13. They were like, Shirley, she likes boys. And they would be able to tell. So they would have gone right. for me. Yeah. And I don't think I'd have survived it. Do you think it shapes your friendships, though, your female friendships a little bit? I think female friendships in all girls' schools are really intense. Yeah, they are. Some might say too intense. I Because I don't think, because I went to a co-ed school and I don't think it's, a, yeah, I don't feel the, what you just described. Do you have a sister as well? No, I don't have a sister. Right. It's interesting that you should say that, Jen, because I, for years and years, have felt very angry about the fact that I went to an all-girls school and I think it's the reason why I don't really relate to men and it's why I don't have as many male friends and whatever but actually increasingly I do think the way that I've the way that I can connect and be intimate with women is my favorite 
power in the world yeah. and I think that I do you do cultivate that when you yeah. have these very intense friendships at an all-girls school because I'm slightly jealous what you're describing sounds brilliant and I yeah I think I didn't have those kind of friendships the presence of boys made it all about them yeah and also I was boy obsessed and boys I mean, were that's... horrible to me as well so I actually when if I'm being really honest with myself I think I'm like you I don't think I would have survived it actually I think I would have had a horrible time. At I think I would. Have, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't I, have a horrible time, but I think I didn't have the bonding with yeah. the women and girls that you're talking and, about. And yeah. also because there were no boys around, and as a closeted little les, you know, yes, we talk about that's boys, the name but there were your next show to quote your character <laughs> in your book. That's the name of your next album, <laughs> closeted little <laughs> les, <laughs> closeted little lesbian. Um, I, I think when. Y- y- we used to talk about boys, but they were always like, oh, look at him in yeah. just 17 or whatever. They weren't real people. They weren't real people. And obviously I was like, ah, yeah, Jason Donovan. I don't know what you're talking about. But, <laughs> but I was imagine like being surrounded by boys and everyone being talking about, have you got a boyfriend? Have you got a boyfriend? Yeah, it was obsessive. Oh, my I would have hated God. It. Yeah, I would now never we're talking about it, I think it was shit. I, I, I think maybe think just like being a teenager about... is shit. Yes, and it's like, what flavour are you going to have yeah. of problems? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And then later I in agree. life, you sort of blame the past. Exactly. For exactly. Whatever. I love this next picture, Dolly. So talk to us about this photograph. Oh, thanks. So that is me standing outside the first flat that I rented on my own. I finally got out of the house shares when I was twenty-eight. And you look fantastic. Oh, thanks. I love that you did that because I got I'm to so 35 and I was still sharing. I've never lived on my own. I never got to live on my own and that is one of my biggest regrets is because of my stupid job. I was always yeah, scared. but that's not your fault. No, it's because of this stupid fucking housing market that doesn't allow people to rent on their own. I feel like so impassioned about this. Yeah. I'm like the only person I know who could rent on their own and it's only because I sold a book. It's so shit. My brother's an actor. He's 33 and he's still living in like zone three house shares with strangers. Mm. He's not going to get to live on his own. I don't think. Oh, yes. It's a, a very rare thing. I think it's... it was so unfair. Mm. Yeah. It, I mean, especially if where you want to live. So was that in Camden that as well? That was right in the middle of Camden. Yeah. Great. I mean, yeah. what a, it looks what a touch, really Dolly. Oh, thanks. That, yeah, you look fantastic. That flat. I feel like, like that is flat. kind of when you're, when you're a young person, or even now as a middle-aged woman, I look back and I think... I would have loved to have had that just a couple of, of years to be living on my own, oh, figuring, figuring out what my tastes are. Because now, it. let me tell you, Chloe has completely monopolised all of our tastes. I don't even know if I have a taste. <laughs> Every time I come around your house, I'm like, oh, that's nice. You're like, Chloe got that. I don't or know what, if I why have are your, a taste. I don't even know if I have Why are your books colour-coded? Chloe did that. Yeah. I mean, like, the house has recently been redecorated, so next time you come round, please do have a little look around and, yes, Chloe. Enjoy Chloe's <laughs> creative expression. Um, but, but just to have that space to be able to think about, oh, how do I want to decorate the place? Oh, or I how do imagine I imagine having a place. Oh, oh, it lovely? It's so special, and I dreamt of it since I was a teenager. It's, it's a room of one's own. all I wanted, all room of one's own. And that's what makes me sad that it's like, you know, like my brother or you guys, if you're artists, if you're writers and creators, it's it's so awful that you're not den- that we're denied this like opportunity of just having just a tiny space that's yours that you can fill with your books and your stuff, yes. and you can think and you can stay up late and you can fill with your own music and. I just think it's so fucked. I think it's so fucked that so most people don't get to do that. And no, you're I just, right. It's I a special so, and rare thing. And yeah, it's brilliant. I feel really lucky. You, yeah, it's so lucky, lucky I got it. to. Yeah. I think London, it's almost impossible unless, like you say, you have a, a number one hit. hit <laughs> and you weren't scared of being lonely? <laughs> no, I tell you what, the first night that I was in there, I felt 
I'd never been in a flat on my own before. And I remember being really scared. And someone said to me, what you have to think of it as is like the other flats. You're surrounded by people. Yeah, like you're in, your flat is your bedroom. And that there yes. are... Yes. Yeah. I can't remember nice feeling like that. Yeah. In, in building, in exactly. London. It feels like London to me. I've, every house I've ever lived in in London, I can almost imagine all the people yes. all around. Yes, because you are on yeah. top of... You're all, that's cheap the thing jail, about London yeah. is you are living cheap by jail. But I... I I don't really get lonely, so I think I would have loved it. I really I think love you my would own have company. Done. I think yeah. I can remember the time. So I was living in a house share, and then I met Ben, and we were going out. But I know that that was the window. I, I remember wanting to live on my own, and he was like, "Do you want to come and live with me?" And I was like, "I do, and I do want to be with you, but I do really want to live on my own." And I had a feeling that he was going to be a keeper, and I thought, "This is the only opportunity I'm going to have." To live on my own. And then it feels shitty because you're in a relationship. So you're going, I want to live on my own. And then we looked at the finances and it was utterly impossible. Yeah, So it course. is a rare It thing. is rare. And I, you know, at some point I would love to live with someone and I do want to have a family at some point. So I think I've, I, I knew when I was, when I had the money that I could just rent a, a place. I did think this is, this is such a small moment in life. How long did you live there for? I was there five years. And now I'm oh. on my own as well in another place. So actually it wasn't a small moment in life. Yeah. But I love it. And actually... Now the thought of living with a man, which I am going to have to do at some point, is... <laughs> you don't have to, have to do those. You don't have no, to. You can marry Margulies it and have separate no, houses. They, like, they, they don't like that. <laughs> no, no, it's a rare thing. Don't like like, um, like Helen Bonham Carter and Tim. Yeah, Bonham. I know, and then yeah, they got they're... fucking divorced. Yeah, no true. And also, they had a, their but houses were next to each other, and the, you could they open had, the door. And they had in. two enormous houses right. conjoining in Belfast. Again, Park. a rare trip. Yeah. 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 Rare... So when you say they were living in separate houses, they were living in the same house. Yeah, out on the same street. But it really right. skipped because I've just got so used to. Like when I have my friends who come round who live with partners or have families, yeah. they'll walk around me and they'll open my fridge and they'll be like, look That's all, this, all your food. Look at all this lovely food. Yeah. <laughs> That's yours. Look at this nice clean bathroom. There's no look post it notes. No post it notes. Buy some bog roll, you cunt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember that with a yeah. flatmate. I think that, that I used to leave those notes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I like my friend would leave like a stack of all those bog roll innards. Oh, oh god, my god, like a worst. sculpture. I've got to tell you this. I came home from holiday. I just got on holiday with Chloe. Came home to my shared accommodation in in Haringey. Walked in through the door. One of my housemates was wearing my pajamas. <gasps> no, no. And I said, "Oh, I've got some pajamas like that." She went, "They're your pajamas." And I went, "Okay." No. How did she excuse that? I don't know. She said they were out in the dryer and I, I thought I'd, I'd just borrow them. And Absolutely I was like, not. Oh that's my a God. I, boundary that's... violation. I mean, boundaries <laughs> a go-go. Yeah. But so. there is a sort of loveliness about when you're young and you've got good close girlfriends or house shit, you want the boundaries to be all messy because yeah. that's sort of part of the appeal as well. Yeah, but I was like 38 and I... I, I no, was no, done. you were over it by then. <laughs> the worst one that we had of that when we lived together is my friend India went back to that house in Camden and she heard someone upstairs in her bedroom and she opened the door and it was a woman she had never met, completely naked, what? going through her wardrobe. Wait, what? And what? She, <laughs> she was like, who are you? Oh and she Why was like, oh, I'm, I won't say her name. I'm a friend of Belle's. And what had transpired <laughs> is that she was our other housemate, Belle, who sort of likes collecting waifs and strays. She was her Zumba instructor. Right. who had just had a bad breakup and at the end of the lesson had cried to Belle about it. And Belle said, you can come live oh in my, my house God. for a month. We can share, come sleep in my room. 
and then she had thought that and she'd said <laughs> don't worry about going back and getting your clothes you can right. borrow my clothes so this woman had thought that that was Belle's wardrobe. Oh, God, no. Oh, so that was how it transpired. God. That Inja came home from work to find a naked woman trying on her clothes in her bedroom. That, that's <laughs> absolutely that's not quite. The Zumba instructor stayed for six weeks. <laughs> We're back to boundaries. Wow. We're very much back to... Yeah. And now I see the appeal of living alone. Yeah. You do not have to put up with that. Yeah. <laughs> This is your typical radio ad while eating a Crunch Bar. This is Automatic of Auto's Used Cars. This weekend only, we're having a whale. Bring the kids. See for yourself. It is huge. Gonna make a big splash. No other dealer can say they have a whale like this. When things sound dull, turn up the fun with Crunch. Which window is this that we're looking out of for your last picture? Oh, so that was that was a couple of months ago. That was um, the early hours of my thirty fifth birthday. So that was like two a.m. and my on the day I turned thirty five, uh-huh. and it was the most incredible moon. I was in Devon with some friends. I took for there for the week for my birthday. Yeah. And this moon was so inside. I'd never seen a moon like it. It's that... like a Van Gogh sort of painting. Oh wow! Isn't it? I'm going to zoom in. Beautiful. And it was like it was like flood. It like floodlit my bedroom. Oh wow! It was like this white light in my bedroom, and I was like, God, that moon is incredible. And then the next day, I read that it had been a super blue, a, a, a blue super moon. What's oh, it super blue moon. I've heard of a, a super... super moon, not a blue super moon. It's a blue. Is super that a rarer moon. thing? Very rare. So we're not going to see another one for like forty years or whatever. And you've got oh, that gorgeous wow. picture. And it, it was just, on your birthday. And it felt so important to me that thirty-five is such a scary age for so many women, and I was uh-huh. like. Something about something in nature is telling me that this is when I'm at my power. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. this is like, I love fantastic. that you, I, I think, Dolly, these things seem to happen to you quite a lot. I'm not, I don't, like, as but a it writer, feels like it present, feels like present, I'm always looking for the poeticism, I think. Yeah. I'm trying I think to think that must a writer, be it. of course. Yeah. 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 And but you it just found felt, it in yeah. that moment. And it just was like such an amazing way to start 35, first year of early middle age. And something I'm... Can I just rewind and just say on. you're not... 35 is not early middle age. Okay, thank you. Says the 48-year-old. That's like when people are like, 48 is the new 32. But 35, <laughs> 35 is not even close to middle age, for fuck's sake. But in 45. olden times... Yeah if, some, yeah, if you died when you were like fucking... If you do it seasonally, are you in the summer of your life? Right. And we're no. well into the autumn. We're, yeah, all right. No, no. See, I think I'm like first days of September now in oh, terms okay. of... Fuck, where does that leave us? I think you're in October. We're, we're heading towards winter, mate. No, we're not. December. Winter's not till 70. Well, then, then if winter's the not till 70, you're in summer, my love. Okay, you're I'm in summer. summer. I'm in the you're summer. In you're in summer. I'll go to the falafel I think van. back to my, when I was 35, <laughs> I, I thought I was like, I, I genuinely thought I was still like super young. So I think this as well, but it's it's so it's such a strange age because it is also the age where everyone's saying everyone has got kids when I was yeah. your age. Everyone had you had kids. Every, yeah. Everyone I knew had kids when I was your age. So how old were you? Thirty six. I was thirty nine. Thirty nine. Yeah, my hero. Yeah, just hang on. I love these stories. You are welcome. Literally, whenever I'm at a party and there's women and they're talking about their kids, I'm like, "How old are you?" If it's anything under thirty, I'm like, "Cool, hope it goes well." Try and fucking take another woman. I'm like. <laughs> Where is the 39-year-old? Yeah, or even wanna... better, met, uh, Jerry Spice recently interviewed her. She had her, she had her second baby at 44. Because yeah. I've got friends, I still have friends now who say to me, they'll talk, they're like my age, and they'll be like, well, you know, I've left it very late. 
I'm like, what? I don't know. It's yeah. so strange. I think every woman's fertility is different. Yeah, you know totally. that's the, that's that's reality, and people you'll always find someone going, "Oh, what? did you not hear about that woman from oh, Nigeria yeah, had a baby yeah, yeah. at fifty-two? You're like, okay, but most women are your fertility does start to drop in your like late thirties and into your forties. So yeah, I mean, but like, I unbeknownst to me, I was perimenopausal at thirty-eight, but I didn't know. Really? Bloody yeah. Hell. So and that with I, and I coming. yeah, I know. So. Can I ask, did your mum go through um, perimenopause that thing? Early, not quite as early as me. I think she, well, actually, it's hard to know because she was absolutely bananas by her mid-40s, so maybe. <laughs> um, it's a possibility that we're all a bit bananas. Definitely, definitely. But it must be so weird, but my friends that are going through perimenopause, when they tell me the symptoms, I'm like, that sounds like every woman I know. You know, it's like, it must be so hard to distinguish. Mm. Mine were, is... mine's amped up, though. By the time I was... 40, 41, there was, it was, it was like, oh, well, this is untenable. I can't really? actually survive this. So it was different. Like I was getting like hot flushes. Like I get like 26, 30 a day. Really? Yeah. I'd be on stage and have three and I'd, and then I'd, my mind would blank and be like, and uh, I mean, I, let me tell you, there's a whole swathe of people who've seen me before HRT that were like, oh, I remember when you completely lost your way in that show. <laughs> I did, I did, I did, I did the Soho Theatre. I was in, the, I was, I started the show. I got was like three lines in, and I went, guys, I'm just gonna have to go backstage and just check my notes because I completely <laughs> blanked. The whole show went. Bloody hell! People like that though. They loved it. People like, do love that. A work in progress audience just want to see the wheels fall oh, yeah, off. That's was, what they're for. Yeah, but that wasn't a work in progress. Oh, okay. okay. That was at the Soho. That theater. was at the Palladium. Yeah. Yeah. People do love. I tell you, the worst one that happened to me. Um, at Hay Festival this year, and I still have nightmares about it, was I, on Saturday night at Hay, I was, I thought that I was billed to be like the main headliner. <laughs> Already, I love this story. And it was like, <laughs> it was in this huge, the biggest venue, and it was like, I thought it was this amazing woman, she's a writer and she's a dancer, she wasn't strictly called Oti Mabusi. Oh, yes. yeah. I thought Oti was interviewing me about my new book. So I was really excited about it. The whole day, I kept saying to the organisers, like, should I have a chat with OT or whatever? And they were like, no, don't worry, it's fine. She's uh -huh. in hair and makeup, she's doing this, whatever. Then it got to like half hour before, I'm like, I feel like I should meet her before we talk about what the event will be. And then we were backstage and she came out at 20 past eight. It was at half eight we were meant to be on stage. Oh, no. And we were just having a chat. Oh, no. <laughs> We're just having a chat. I'm like, this is nice, but we're not talking at all about, like, she's not saying, like, I love the book or what do you want to talk about, whatever. Yeah. And then five minutes before we went on, I went, so we're just going to talk about the new book, are we? And she went, what book? Oh, shit. Oh, what? She thought I was interviewing her. Oh, 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 oh God. Oh, oh, but you had nothing. Oh, God. We didn't know anything about each other. How, who, who had what? fucked up? What? So her, her management had fucked up and her management came out and I was like, but you're at the hate festival and you've just written a book. So surely you're going to talk about That's your book. Awful. That's madness. But we were like, she was so lovely and we were like, what do we do? And she was such a little beat ray of sunshine. She's like, tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go out on stage. We're going to learn a lot about each other. We're going to become best friends. And oh, her life. she was amazing. And her management came over and they were like, um, okay, so she wrote a memoir. She um, did a weekly podcast. She, um, she <laughs> writes about friendship. OT, um, <laughs> it was like, and we had, Dolly. I found the other day, I found the scrap of paper. It made me feel sick. And like I was going to shit my pants. It had just these <laughs> words that I'd written down about like themes we can talk about. And one of them was just women. <laughs> Great thing. Oh my god, that's it was like women country. dancing, life. <laughs> women, but dancing. can we mention my book, please? 
we'll cover women it in dancing. Was, and I got on, and we got on stage and I was like, look, everyone, to like a thousand people, I was like, there was a clerical error. <laughs> and I had to get them on side and they they just loved it. Oh, yeah. I'd love it. That sounds great. I would yeah. have loved that as well. But because also, also just better than a slick, prepared, you know, yeah. overly scripted or overly yeah. contrived Especially thing. at a book festival. An anxiety dream. That yeah, is an anxiety dream. And, and then your what? teeth start to Afterwards, me and Oti became like celebrities. It was like the closing hay party. And people kept coming up to me. Like Robert Peston came up to me and he was like, I heard what happened. It's like, I cannot believe that happened. It's everyone's worst nightmare. <laughs> and like, I cannot it. believe you're still you here and breathing. Yeah. You're a exactly. hero. I did become a you hero. You've got a hate yeah. war story. Yeah. yeah. Do you great. know what? You, you, you've actually now proven yourself to be perfectly fit to be a stand-up comedian. <laughs> Definitely. Come and do some gigs with us. Yeah. It's delightful to have met you. Darling, we oh, could have talked to you all day. Pictures. I, I know, could talk to you all day. And we are so happy that you said that you'd come and do the podcast. So thank I'm you. I'm so happy that you've had me. Thank you for writing that because I got a lot of pleasure out of it. <laughs> I really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, it's cathartic, wasn't it? Yeah. But also quite exposing. Mm. <laughs> As I say, I feel rather seen. Well, thank you so much for having me and uh, thank you for coming up with such good podcast structure. I'm kind of pissed off I never came up with <laughs> I used to have a flatmate that just would look in the mirror all the time. When we were talking, she'd just be like, yeah, maybe. Fucking look at me. That would drive me me insane. Yeah, Yeah, no, that would drive me crazy. But that's also like if somebody is, you know, if there's a mirror behind you or someone, you know what I mean? Like people just checking themselves out or even if it's near a window. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Have you guys been able to work out? I still can't work out when people are looking at themselves on Zoom. Oh, I'm always because I I'm always glancing. Oh, I, can't I do look at myself on Zoom. I hundred percent look at myself on Zoom. But yeah. that's often I'm looking at myself on Zoom, going, "Oh my God, that's that turkey neck <laughs> thing happening." Yeah. Or yeah. you know, because I what I love is that you you can totally uh, like soften the features. You can can't you on that? You know, on the settings. You know what I'm talking about. On the setting, no, I, I, yeah. I never use yeah, those. I never use Yeah, you can. Right, you can totally mic, you can maximise it so you just Or you nostrils. can just turn yourself off. Two nostrils. No, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to turn myself off because I want to look at myself. So, I am still looking at myself, but what happens is my features, my face, like I said, I'm just I, like two nostrils and some teeth. Yeah. So I'm thinking, oh, that looks good. <laughs> then why isn't it not doing that for my neck? My neck is still like it's scrunching. It's <laughs> Scrunching the neck, turkey neck. Even the filters can do nothing with your neck. You can't, you can't. Even the filters are like a sort of clip behind my neck in a Zoom call. Anyway, I just wanted to clarify that. How old are you, Jen? Four. How old am I? 48. Are you? Because it's weird, I feel like, because I'm 35, I feel like the thing everyone's always talking about at my age is the forehead and the 11s. That's why I've got a oh, the 11s, thing. yeah, the, the 11s are a thing. That's Triangle all everyone's, that... the tri- yeah, yeah, it's all anyone's talking about. And then my friends... <laughs> I love that film. I just love that film. Um, but that's why I've got a fringe. Yeah, same. Botox. But then everyone gets but to 40. you're young. So yeah, but you're then, really but young. now everyone, all my friends at 40, they're going on and on about this neck. And I'm like, fuck's sake! Is that? Is it like? I don't know what you do about the neck. I do. Can you? But when did you? When did you notice the neck? Well, very much on a Zoom call with you and Joel (laughs) when we were recording the. It wasn't the camera. Do you think Change. the camera is capturing something that isn't well, no, there? I'm with you. There's nothing wrong with your neck. Like, can I just say that neck, neck? That neck is supple and almost toned. Yeah, it's a great Dolly. neck. It is. There's Thank nothing you. going on it's with that neck. It's swan-like. Yeah. Yeah, except on a Zoom call. I don't know what Zoom's <laughs> well, doing. Check your camera. I think Maybe Zoom is broken. compressing my neck. Maybe your machines are broken. <laughs> I think it was also about the angle. It's like, definitely you're looking the at angle. Me straight you don't on... need to touch that neck. 
Okay, so for now, the next safe. Also, you've got the best ring lamp I know. Like, you've got a quality ring lamp. Yes. But maybe it's too much. Do you think? Sometimes I think it can overcorrect. I, I, I bought an, a ring light and I chucked it straight out. Yeah, Did you? I think it's it's just, too exposing. They what see do you your soul, some of them. You're like... 